Turns out the over-unders for the Minnesota Wild were actually pretty on point. We review some of the fantasy and statistical projections for many members of the Minnesota Wild today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day and part of your daily routine. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, Charles Stewart joins us as we take a look at the overs and unders for the Minnesota Wild to see how they did in both uh, scoring for particular players as well as the team's point total as well. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. As mentioned, we've got one of the regular crew back in with us here today, Charles Stewart. Postseason starts on Monday. How are we feeling on this weekend up to the playoffs? I think we're feeling great. Uh, the Ecker injury really kills us. It kills a mood, but I'm ready for it. I can't do another round one loss. <laughs> I just can't do it. We're going to smoke these these stars, the stars fans, the wannabe North stars. They're not us. <laughs> I think we're going to cook them. We have to. I, I'm Vibes are high. Vibes are high, and I, I love the confidence, uh, as we'll hear in just all of our playoff content coming for you uh, starting on Monday. Um, Jewel Erickson skating. So there is a uh, glimmer of hope for him being able to, uh, to come back at some point in the series, which would be big for the old wild. But let's just start with the team. Total points. The over-under numbers were right around 101, had them at 101 and a half in some spots, and the Wild end up with 103. How surprised were you that it was that close, for one, and that the Wild did end up actually going over the projection? Vegas, I think, had them at 103, but there are a couple of other spots that have at a 101.5, 102. How surprised were you that that number ended up being as close to what they actually ended up with? Yeah, any sports better knows that Vegas, they're perfect. I mean, <laughs> there's no margin of error for them. So I'm not like incredibly shocked that they were able to guess it pretty much spot on. But you got to give the Wild a lot of credit. They, I mean, Krill went down. We all thought the season was just going to go into absolute rubbish. But uh, we turned it around. Everyone showed up. Boldy showed up. And we proved, we proved everyone wrong. We just kept on cooking, kept grinding, head down. Gustafson was an absolute tank when we needed him to be. And uh, I guess we got paid for it. Yeah, it, it ended up with uh, a season that was not quite the level of success as last year. But uh, when you lose as much goals, as many goals as the Wild did, it's going to happen. Now, 305 last year. Were you surprised that the Wild ended up with fewer than uh, 250 goals as a team? 
uh, so far. That's a large drop. Were you surprised at how much of a drop there was in goals scored this season? Honestly, I mean, I mean, that's a big drop, but we have to understand that the chemistry of the team, I mean, with Fiala going out, we didn't really understand what this identity was. Um, I, I expected them when we did our over under pods at the start of the year that we were going to be right around that same point, maybe a little less, but not, not by this margin. So there is, of course, just you needed to build that chemistry. And then when Johansson came, we're starting to pick it up. But am I concerned? No. Would I've, what have I liked more goals? Sure. But like I said, we, I mean, we got some wins. We got the points we needed. So I, I can't complain. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like they just gave up the same amount of goals, didn't score as many. Like there was a there was a solid drop in the number of goals given up as well as uh, Wild finished with 219 goals allowed. And you may look at ESPN and say, well, how come ESPN is saying that they gave up? Uh, I believe it was 225. We're throwing the shootout goals out because apparently though apparently ESPN counts those and they, they don't count. So we're throwing those out. So 219 given up after the Wild gave up uh, somewhere around 240, 245 last year. So they, they did make some strides there as well to uh, kind of bridge the gap a little bit. And I think, I don't know if that's necessarily a surprise because with the lesser amount of goals scored, you expected the team was going to shore things up defensively to uh, offset some of that, right? Yeah, you do. And, I mean, I guess it's always better to score more, more goals than you let in. I mean, just duh. But I'm happy we did it. And by, by a sizable margin as well. I mean, it's what we needed to do. It's what needed to happen. And through the leadership of Kirill just going out and having a night every night and Boldy having a night every night, um, of course, minus I think it was February where he had a little rough patch, but we got through it. And right. we're going to go in through this series with, like I said, immaculate vibes, and we're going to pound these stars into the dirt. <laughs> uh, we'll take a look at the individual projections because it turns out they were almost shockingly accurate. This season, we're, we're talking fantasy projections as a way to just gauge kind of what to expect from particular wild players. Yeah, as I said, turns out they were pretty shockingly accurate. So we'll talk about that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after a word from our sponsors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. 
your second listen, Locked On NHL, is here to guide you up until the postseason starts on Monday. Going to be an absolutely unreal ride, so make sure to follow along with Locked On NHL to keep you up to date on all things in the NHL as we handle the Minnesota Wild. Seth Topol joined by Charles Stewart today, taking a look at overs and unders for particular members of the Minnesota Wild. Let's move to some of the drivers of the offense. And we'll start with the big one. Kirill Kaprizov projected to have 97 points, 44 goals, 52 assists, uh, and... Obviously, he got hurt, finished the season with 67 games, but still ended up having 75 points, 40 goals, 35 assists. Charles, do you think he would have exceeded the 44-goal plateau and the 100-point mark had he played a full season? Yeah, I think he absolutely slaughters that 44-goal mark. Uh, Kirill was... uh, he was really he was really cooking. I mean, I mean, if I I don't know another way to put it, he was a man on a mission. He was not going to miss the playoffs this year, and I think forty four goals. Well, he ended with forty, right? Yes, he's he's right there. All it takes is one of those games where he has two goals. And points wise, it's a little bit tougher, but four more goals with all those games he missed. I think that's I think that's cake. It's easy. Yeah, I, I think he definitely could have exceeded that goals mark. Points. It was tough because for a while he was kind of doing the whole thing uh, by himself, which meant scoring the goals, not necessarily assisting on the goals because he's like, you know what, I'm just going to take the puck and do it myself. So assists, probably not. Uh, Points, would have been tough. But no, four goals the rest of the season, he, he could easily have exceeded that. Yeah, and with Sam Steele, I mean, there was that little stint with him at the first, uh, the one C. I mean, I don't know how if you're a career, you're like, I'm going to go past this guy and go get an assist. I mean, it's just not. Yeah, it's, it's just not. Sometimes possible. it's sometimes it's better to just take care of things yourself. If you want it done right, do it yourself. Exactly, and he, you know, he did that. He did that until he got hurt. He sure I mean, did. Zookie, I think, right, I think we'll probably cover him. I mean, I think his numbers are all this like similar to what Vegas said. So, I mean, he didn't have like a bad year per se, but I mean, it's Kirill. We expect him to take over, and yeah. we need him to. You expect him to uh, to take the lead. Perfect, uh, perfect segue because Matt Zuccarello is actually next on the list, and uh, for Zuccarello, he was pegged for sixty-seven points, at least by these projections. You know, projections tend to fluctuate from place to place, but projected for 67 points, 20 goals, 47 assists. And uh, if we look at the numbers, he ended up with 22 goals, 45 assists for a total of 67 points. And so basically right on the button for what he was projected to have. But again, with what he did last year, which was going to be the third member of the team to break the points mark in a single season before he got hurt. Felt like a little bit a little bit of a maybe not a down year, but a a slow cold finish to the season for Zuccarello. Yeah, and I wonder how much of that you can I don't want to say blame because the injury wasn't Kaprizov's fault, but when when Zuki isn't with his his best bud Kirill 
it's tough to see his production production numbers to skyrocket up. I mean, he can't he can't absolutely take over like Kirill can. So I'm not shocked his numbers were down a little bit, but uh, I think he's just got to turn around in the playoffs just to kind of prove everyone wrong that he's still he's still our guy, he's still first line guy. Yeah, he's just got to get that comfort back, and um, I, I think his production will pick up. So having a season that basically was right on what he was projected for, it's 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 fine. It's it, that's this is why Vegas does this because they're really good at it because. The next, uh, the next one that we have is Matt Boldy. Now, this one is going to look a little different because, at least by these projections, he was expected to get uh, just under 24 goals, 35 assists, and uh, 59 and a half points this season. Now, before Kirill got hurt, it looked like he was going to finish under that. Kirill got hurt 12 goals in March. And then he finishes the season with 31 goals, 32 assists, 63 points. So, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Boldy with a perfect example of finding a way to get it done when it looks like it's not going to happen. He just cruised through the final part of the season to uh, to get those numbers where we were hoping they would be. Yeah, and... As we saw last year and the year before with Vegas and uh, the Blues, they're just they're all going to put their attention on Kirill. So we need Boldy to not pull a Kevin Fiala and absolutely disappear. We need him to be March Matt Boldy and not February Matt Boldy where you're scoring zero goals. We need the Matt Boldy who I think you just said th- over 30 goals this year. We need the absolute scorer. We need – I mean, thanks to Mojo, I mean – He's really unlocked Boldy, kind of like what what happened with Boldy and Kevin Fiala. But we we need that line to be absolutely destroying. Yeah, need them to hum. Need them to just keep keep things firing along to uh, to keep up with those Dallas Stars. Uh, let's talk about one more big one, and then we will save uh, most of the rest of these for the um, the end of the show. Uh, let's talk about Ryan Hartman projected for 24.7 goals, 28.1 assists, 52.8 points. Uh, yeah, he, he did not quite get there. 15 goals, 22 assists, 37 points uh, for Hartman in 59 games. He was hurt. He uh, was demoted off of the top line. It was a journey for Ryan Hartman this year. And then you look at it and you're like, well, he's still found a way to get to 15 goals. So uh, just uh, just the full experience of everything that can happen in the season for Ryan Hartman this year. Yeah, and like you mentioned, we saw him get demoted to the third line, fourth line, and uh, he was, for lack of a better word, terrible. He really, really was struggling with penalty minutes, and it was killing the team. It was hurting the team. Dean was fed up. But we eventually got back that first line that we had last year. We, we found some magic with him. Like you said, fighting your way to 15 goals after being hurt and struggling all that time. I mean, credit to him, honestly. Yeah, just, just a, a great job of getting it back. It's a good that's, – that's a good theme for Ryan Hartman this year was finding a way to get it back and finishing the season on a strong note to, um, to get to those 15 goals. The 
Let's let's do one more, and then we can talk about a couple of uh, defensemen and goaltenders to finish the show. Jewel Erickson Eck was projected this year for 25.8 goals, 23.7 assists, 49.5 points. Unfortunately for Erickson Eck, he got hurt, and the hope is that he will be able to return uh, at some point during this series against the Dallas Stars. But Erickson Eck did finish the season with 23 goals, 38 assists, and 61 points. Jewel Erickson Eck, like clockwork, just continues to find ways to improve his game on a season-by-season basis. Career high in points this year, and so he finds a way, despite uh, not quite getting to that number of goals, still finds a way to exceed his uh, his projections for points without playing the final few games. Yeah, and he did this all with the grief line that we saw for the past two years uh, dominating. We saw it without that line. I mean, Jordan Greenway is gone, and Felino is not as dominant as he was before, I should say. And he got there, like like, like Hartman, like Boldy. I mean, he figured out a way. And I'm really happy he did because he's an absolute workhorse. There's all these stories of, of Dean and Billy G talking about how he's like first one in, first one out, of, or last one out of the weight room. He's always on the ice skating, trying, and he's always in front of the net doing the dirty work. So good for him. He's getting paid uh in terms of goals and assists and points career high in points for doing the dirty work as he should i mean good for him yeah absolutely just one of those one of those key components for this team and one that we're gonna gonna miss uh at least until he's ready to return which hopefully will be game one but i'm not holding my breath no it's gonna be (laughs) it'll be more i would imagine it'll i'm going to just because i can I'm going to set game five as kind of a, like, a, an estimation, a guesstimation of when he is able to return to the series, which, if the Wild lose in four, does us no good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, when the Wild sweep the stars, I mean, I guess he'll be ready for game one, but <laughs> no, I, I really hope he can come back, and he deserves to come back. Mm-hmm. Like you said, he said, He's playing so well, and we're starting to figure out this lineup. It'd be terrible if we lost before we can get a fully healthy lineup out there to prove what we really have. And it'd be a classic Minnesota move to underperform in the playoffs and not give Erickson Eck that chance to rejoin his line mates. But I just have a good feeling this year. I don't know what it is. Um, Maybe it's because I live in Texas and all these Stars fans are overly cocky about playing the (laughs) Wild. I'd love to see him lose, but – I just I, I have a good feeling about it this year. I do. You like the black eyed peas have a feeling. I do. I mean I know it's hard to believe. It really is, but if you're a Minnesota fan, you kinda knew last year, all right, the blues had our number. Yeah. Year before that, I mean Flurry played lights out game one. We won game one against Vegas, but Oh, he was good, and it, he killed us. And we kind of knew after game two and after game three that we weren't going to win that series. I think if I took a poll of Minnesota fans against the Stars this year, I know they they cooked us, I think, a few years ago in the playoffs, but I just I, – I got us this year. I, I actually believe in us. <laughs> I like it. I like the confidence. Um, we'll see how it plays out starting Monday. But let's finish. We've got some def- uh, defensemen. And a couple of goalies to discuss 
with their projections for this season. We'll finish all that up after this here on Locked on Wild. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day for your second listen. Locked on NHL is ready to rock for you to give you a full look at everything going on with the postseason starting up on Monday. Locked on NHL, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, just like Locked on Wild. Make sure you subscribe everywhere you can on social media as well so you don't miss out on any content leading up to the postseason. All right, defenseman time. Jared Spurgeon. Spurgeon was projected to have a um, pretty solid amount of points for a defenseman this year. Was pegged for 11 goals, 29 assists, 40 points on the season for, uh, for the captain. He did end up with 11 goals. He had 23 assists, so 34 points. So he did miss the point total by a little bit, but still very solid season for the captain. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, you watch the games and you see this man do everything that doesn't show up on on the score sheet. I mean, of course, block shots do, but I mean, he's laying down the body and he's covering for whoever his defensive partner is, whether it's Middleton or if it's someone else. I mean, Jared Spurgeon has been wonderful this year, and especially with the roller coaster our our defense has been. Uh, It's just been it's been a rough ride sometimes. but hopefully we can steady the ship in the playoffs. And we're going to be leaning on Spurgeon and Brodeen pretty heavily um, on their own respective lines, uh, or I guess pairings, to, to do uh, God's work and carry. Yeah. yeah, and people forget, may forget too, at the beginning of the season, the defensemen were contributing like not at all offensively <laughs> because um, there were so many issues on the back end that they were not able to step into the play as much because, and this was a product of the offense too, offense not holding the puck as much as they did last year. Like the Wild were a dominant like possession team last year, which allowed the defensemen to step into the play so much. This year they weren't, so the defensemen were having to be essentially one foot in, one foot out. And that just, the point totals for pretty much all of the defensemen minus Spurgeon were way down. Obviously, Kalen Addison finished the year with 29 points, which was uh, was a real solid number in those 62 games that he played. But Middleton, 15 points, and he's not an offensive guy, but still. Matt Dumba had 14. Jonas Brodeen had 14. So those guys who are maybe more like 30-point guys, cut that in half because... They just were more uh, focused on the defensive end, as they should be. But that just shows you how all of those points, all those goals can kind of evaporate just with stuff, little stuff like that happening along the way too. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, it's not completely the defense's fault. I mean, if you're holding the puck in the possession, you're passing it around, you're involving everyone, but – like you said, at the start of the year, we were dumping it in, and then we'd send two two forwards after it, and we'd be losing these puck battles. Then as soon as our defenders got crossed that second blue line, we'd be like, oh, well, we don't have the puck anymore, and we'd have to skate right out of the zone. <laughs> and <clears throat> I don't think Matt Dumba sometimes got the memo of, hey, we got to get back on defense. I'm going to step into this play, and uh, that's where he gets a lot of his uh, – 
a lot of his haters come after him for it, but uh, hopefully he won't have to give up uh, any odd man rushes in the playoffs. But just to kind of bring home the defenseman, I think we ended the year well. Uh, we still don't know if it's going to be Faber. I hope it is. I hope Faber and Klingberg can put on a clinic in the playoffs. He deserves it, especially after that loss, which I'm still salty about. <laughs> um, I bet Faber is too. But oh yeah, I think I think our defense is really picked up. As long as the trend is going up, it has this year. I mean, of course it has to go up after our slow start, but. Good for us for turning around. We do have to do one player at least that did not hit those uh, those points projections for this year. It's Dumba. Here's what he was projected. <laughs> Nine goals, 22 assists, 31 points. Finished with four goals, 10 assists. But – this is something that's it's not new to anybody that has watched this team. He just he's not the same player that he was. He doesn't have that same shot. Doesn't really have the ability to do all of those things offensively that he used to. And so it it's really I don't think it's a surprise that he didn't hit those types of marks because those were the marks that Dumbo of old was hitting with points and with goals. And he just he just isn't that guy anymore. Yeah, and sometimes it's just a pain to say it, but I mean it's true. I mean sometimes you'll see a really nice play from Dumba. I don't, I don't endorse absolutely crapping on this man twenty four seven. I mean he has some good plays. He will lay down his body or he lay a nice hit on someone, but sometimes the mistakes overpower his good plays in some games, and that's when he really gets to the uh, the brunt end of the stick. I, he just gets hit and or knocked off the puck, and then it's a two-on-one, and Brodeen has to cover these, <laughs> cover both of them. <laughs> or Gustafson is, or Fleury's trying to make a sprawling save, and it's just, it just doesn't work sometimes. So we just need a sound defensive play from all six defensemen, and I th- we'll be good. <laughs> we just got to play together. Yeah, just, just got to play as a team. Now the goalies, the final ones we'll talk about, and it's really a story of – one player having just an insane year as to why the numbers look the way they did. So the projection for Philip Gustafson is something. But let's be honest, we didn't really know what we were getting from him coming into the season. So these projections, I guess, should not be that much of a surprise because you didn't really know what to expect, but he was projected to be 16-9-3, a 2.85 goals against average, a 908 save percentage also projected to have a shutout. Here's what he ended up with. He ended up making 39 starts, well 36 game or 39 games, not necessarily starts. He did have a couple games he came in relief. 22 9 and 7, a 2.10 goals against average, a 931 save percentage and three shutouts. So if, I think Safe to say, Philip Gustafson was the one that exceeded his projections the most on this wild team. Yeah, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one at that. Philip Gustafson, I think every Minnesota Wild fan was very skeptical after that whole Cameron Talbot debacle and mess after the playoffs, but he has been, I mean, all all aboard the Gus bus. I mean, this man has been cooking for us, and... I feel like the Wild played better when he's in goal. They just have some sort of confidence in him. Not that Flurry is a bad goalie or not that he shouldn't get to start in game one, but 
we just look like a more sound team defensively when Gustafson is back there. He will hold the puck and he will he won't make sprawling saves. He doesn't really have that big uh, big bouncer or deflect into the corner. He'll just swallow up the puck and it'll be a faceoff time for for Eck to win. I mean, I guess now that X hurt, it hurts a little bit, but hmm. you you know what I mean. Yeah, we will we'll get faceoff opportunities instead of big rebounds to whoever's sitting right in front of goal. Yeah, it it does make a difference, especially in the postseason where every every missed um, corralled rebound, every rebound that deflects free seems like it's magnified. Um, so I'm I'm fully on board, uh, Philip Gustafson in Game One. I, I would hope that's the route that is gone, but we will dissect that fully uh, for you as the uh, as the week unfolds. Flurry's numbers. Now, this Flurry's numbers not hitting this mark can be attributed to how good Gustafson was. Flurry was expected, projected for fifty three starts, thirty sixteen and six, a two point six three goals against average, a nine fifteen save percentage. He ended up with forty six games, twenty four sixteen and four, a two point eight five goals against average, and a nine oh eight save percentage. But Charles, as you alluded to, Gustafson was the the rock the whole season. Flurry did have. He had some opportunities where he, if I could figure out which way to make the waves go, he had some opportunities where he was really, really good. He stole some games, but he also had some others where you're like, boy, oh boy, those four goals should probably all have been saves. And so I think the experience as a whole, just a little more high and low, as opposed to Gustafson, who just was steady all season. Yeah, and like I said earlier, we needed it. And if you go back to last year, you saw uh, Cameron Talbot get hurt and Capo Kakinen came in and he was just like, all right, it's my time to shine, and he went off. And the Wild needed every single one of those games he played, and he was our rock. He really was. Um, but then we get Gustafson this year, a man we don't really know much about coming from Ottawa, and he comes in and he steadies the ship. He has some great games. I think he was projected one shutout, like you said, and he got three. I mean, he has played tremendously. Mm-hmm. And I think I've got to agree with you. I think he takes game one, and maybe, maybe it doesn't work, but maybe it does. And I think he's just our guy going forward, Flurry, a former Vesna Trophy winner and what, tw- a few years ago? Um, but I just think you got to go with Gustafson. Yeah, roll with the Gus bus, but uh, if things go south, you have Flurry in relief to be able to come in and try to help steady the ship. So, all in all, a season that uh, was an eventful one, but you had some players that were able to exceed their projections and, unfortunately, some guys that didn't quite hit theirs. So, there you have it, the projections for uh, how the regular season was going to go and how it ended up actually going. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Reminder... We've got the full gambit of postseason content for you coming up tomorrow uh, with a uh, full, the full five-person playoff panel uh, taking taking a look at every single angle for this series. We'll also talk uh, with Kevin Gorg for an episode. We've got a crossover with Locked on Stars and Dane Lewis. We've got a ton of content for you coming up uh, starting tomorrow, so... 
make sure to uh, dial in, and we'll get you through the postseason in true Lockdown Wild fashion by covering every single angle of everything. So make sure, if you haven't already, you follow along with the show so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast platforms and on social media as well so you can stay tuned as the Minnesota Wilds start the postseason on Monday. You can find new episodes every Monday through Friday and anytime else as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.